Coming up today on Myths and Minefields. I met Helen and she had two um, people in her chair and she had a lady that was about my age, about 35, sitting in the chair and she had no hair and she was clearly going through cancer treatment. And then that lady had her daughter next to her who also had no hair and was going through cancer treatment. And she was about seven years old and my, and my eldest daughter was about seven at the time. And I just sobbed. Welcome to Myths and Minefields, a talk show where entrepreneurs and leaders share their stories and journey. Everyone has a story, and it is this story that paves the way for others to find their path. So join us every week where we share their successes and failure, myths and lessons learned. Here is your host, Tomi Abibu. Dennis Ferguson is a commercial property surveyor, and I'm so excited that um, you're here with me today on Meets and Minefields, and I just can't wait for you to share your story. So, Dennis, what is your story? What is the, uh, what actually inspired you to get into this um, property, this part of the property business? So I've been a commercial property surveyor for nearly 15 years now. Um, I was working for um, big businesses in London and then I started negotiating for um, the government and advising them on their property portfolio and as part of that I was negotiating leases in a cancer hospital and there was big charities there and um, drugs companies and um, there was also a dental hospital and everything like that and I was negotiating their leases and I ended up making them like 10 million pounds in three months and it was amazing and then there was also this tiny little hairdressing salon that was um, on the cancer hospital grounds and she wasn't answering any of my emails wasn't answering any of my calls and I couldn't get in touch with her um, and it was obvious that she was avoiding me because I was going to be then negotiating her new lease. Um, so I sent her an email and I said, sorry, I sent her a letter saying that I was going to come like on Tuesday at two o'clock or whenever it was. And I just said, you know, knowing that she just couldn't avoid me. And I got there. And um, so I was, I'd gone just recently gone through a huge divorce and now I was alone with my children and, you know, it was a really difficult time, a really emotional time. And plus, you know, my whole family die of cancer too. So, wow. you know, we have a history of, you know, various different cancers, but all of them die of cancer. So being there was, was, a, was kind of, I felt quite stoic and mm. I was, you know, I felt great because I was making them lots of money and it was brilliant. And I, you know, it, it was an ego booster and it was, I was being ridiculous. And anyway, I got to this, um, salon and I met Helen and she had two um, people in her chair and she had a lady that was about my age about 35 sitting in the chair and she had no hair and she was clearly going through cancer treatment and then that lady had her daughter next to her who also had no hair and was going through cancer treatment and she was about seven years old and my, and my eldest daughter was about seven at the time and I just sobbed I just wow. it utterly broke my heart and I was not that person at all I was really hard-nosed at the time because I was going through a lot and I just 
and I was you know I just wanted to be really good at my job and I just lost it completely I was so unprofessional I was sobbing my heart out I could just see myself in that woman and I could see my daughter in that woman and I was just terrified and ridiculous and it was awful and then Helen you know she the the lady and her daughter they were really nice about it and they left and and Helen just you know comforted me and put me in the chair and you know I sat in the warm chair that the lady had been sitting in and just talked about you know that that it just all fell from me you know all of my family died of cancer you know what if my children are orphans because they didn't have their dad in their life at the time because he was going through a mental health crisis there was just so much going on in my life that I was trying to repress by being like amazing at my job and it was just masking the fact that I was a complete basket case and everything was going wrong and then Helen just started crying and saying, you know, you know, how do you think I feel? I've got nobody to help me and you're going to take my business away from me because you're going to put my rent up and I'm not going to have anyone to turn to. And I was just, you know, two of my best friends are salon owners. And throughout this journey of kind of building this business, I've also realized that whenever I made money when I was younger like I've I've been working since I was 12 years old all of that money went to go into a hair salon it was like my thing I loved getting my hair done and also you know I was talking today and I didn't even realize it that when I did um like the work placements at school I always went to work in hair salons even though I had no interest in being a salon owner or working with hair at all for some reason I just resonate with that those people completely and I don't I don't really know why but I just do so when she said that to me I just knew that every salon on every salon owner that I know are just beautiful lovely people and the thought of breaking her business was just impossible for me there was no way I could do it so I just vowed then and there that I would never I never wanted to see another salon owner in that in that um, position because they tend to just not ask for help they sign up to leases that they don't understand for money that they can't afford because they love what they do and they just mm. have a passion for business and I just wanted to make sure that they were empowered and confident and and educated on everything to do with the lease from now on so that they could have the business mm. that they deserve not just the business that they'd been offered so that's what I did and that's what I've been doing ever since. So do you feel that uh, as a salon owner, as a small business, that um, you were their voice or, or is it something that is particularly uh, common with just salon owners or small businesses as a, as a whole that they don't have this voice or this support system around them to either educate them or help them in some way or the other yeah I think it's small businesses as a whole tends to not feel that they even know who to go to to get help like so often people say you know I want to have my own business premises and I've been offered this lease and everyone says you need to speak to a solicitor but the problem with that is that solicitors can only look at the legal documents and tell you whether or not they're legally binding but they can't value a lease to see whether or not that's the right rent you should be paying they can't negotiate the terms of the lease to say whether or not they're the terms that are right for you so when you give a solicitor a lease and say is this okay they are just looking at the lease to see whether or not it's 
legally binding. Mm. What you really need is somebody to look through the lease and value whether or not that's the right rent you should be paying and look through the wording of the lease to see whether or not that's right for your business and how you want to operate. And that person has to be a surveyor because they're the only people that are legally qualified to do that. So I think it's about educating people on having the right people to do the right things for them. Mm. See, I would have thought that surveyors, maybe from a property point of view, that surveyors, all they do is come in and just tell me, is this house worth X, Y, Z, right? Not necessarily looking at whether I'm paying the right money for, for example, for the example that you gave now with regards to negotiating the list, whether that is the right list for you, or looking at the financial aspect of it. I wouldn't have thought about that. I, I didn't realize that that's actually in existence. Yeah, I mean, the problem in the property industry is that we use the word surveyors for everyone. So there's building surveyors, there's house valuation surveyors, there's um, structural surveyors. So we just use that word for everything. So it's really complicated. And that's why I always try and keep repeating commercial property surveyor. Because as a commercial property surveyor, we are trained in valuation techniques. We are, you know, with, there's an element of um, negotiation skills and there's, you know, mm. property law. We're trained in property law as well. And there's loads of different specialities, but they all build up to being able to look after every aspect of commercial property. So I also deal with landlord and tenant disputes and compensation claims and rent reviews and lease renewals and all of those things. But what I talk about the most is negotiating leases, because if we get to people at that start of their business, then when they ever have any problems afterwards, then we can help them. Mm. But it's about getting the fundamentals right and making sure that their first lease. Sorry, that's my dog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> get, making sure that their first lease is the correct lease for them. And it's, you know, mm. the rent that they should be paying and the terms that they really need in order to be able to build their business. Okay. So then would you say then that as a, as a as for example, if I, ha if I want to start a business like a um, brick and water business and I've, I've gone to my landlord, the next step before signing anything would be the surveyor or would, be, would it be the lawyers or we, how does it work? Yeah, so the steps you need to go through is go and find the premises that you really want. And when you're doing that, make sure that they're the, serves, they're the premises that serve your clients or your staff. Mm. So don't go and get the premises that are your dream if they don't work for the people that you're serving. So that's where you need to go to first. Then once you've found that and you've confirmed to the agent that, that or the agent or the landlord, whoever is doing the negotiations, that that's the premises that you want, then you instruct the su surveyor. And the surveyor then will value that rent to make sure that that's the rent that, you, that is actually achievable. Because it's fine that an agent or a landlord says that, you know, they want to achieve £100,000 a year. But if the evidence around it suggests that actually they're only ever going to achieve £80,000 a year, then that's what us as surveyors are going to say you should be offering £80,000. If you really, really want it, then fine, we can go up to £85,000. But it's not worth £100,000 and nobody's going to pay it. And the problem with that evidence is if somebody doesn't get advice and just pays that £100,000, then that's evidence that other 
places are worth a hundred thousand pounds and they're not it's just because somebody who didn't get any advice just signed the lease without even thinking about it so that's a problem in our industry if people don't get advice because it artificially increases rents but once we've valued it then we'll negotiate direct with either the agent or the landlord on all of the terms of the lease so the length whether or not there's going to be rent reviews, whether or not you're going to have a break notice and all of those parts of the lease. And we'll negotiate backwards and forwards and, you know, constantly in communication with the tenant to let them know what's happening and to make decisions along the way because there's always going to be compromises. Mm -hmm. And then once we get to the end, we'll issue draft leases. And then that's about the wording within the lease. And that's the bit that I really enjoy because it's so important to make sure that the wording in the lease really works for that tenant so that they're not, they don't have lots of repairs liabilities that they can actually get out of the lease if they want to break the lease. Because mm. if, if, if um, clauses aren't worded correctly, then they're unusable. So that's the bit that I really enjoy. And yeah, it's really great that we can save people, you know, 10 15 20 50,000 we know one um, tenant we let we saved 54,000 pounds last week they're great and they're amazing but it's the wording that makes the difference because if you find yourself responsible for lots of repairs or lots of you know obligations within your lease you could be talking about hundreds of thousands of pounds over the length the length yeah. of the lease because they're 5, 10, 15, 20 years long. That's a lot of money over that time. Wow. That is that is an eye-opener, to be honest, because I know that some people would, you know, would consider um, using a surveyor for something like that. But it, the way you've highlighted it, it makes it uh, almost as important as you going to your solicitor, really, because as you said, if you're able to save so much money from the start, and then that just reduces your cost overall over a period of time. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And would you then say that from your journey then that um, have you been able to help as many people? Have they seen the value in what you're bringing to the table for them? Yeah, we're really lucky. We haven't had any um, tenants at all so far that we haven't been able to help in one way or another. There's always been a financial aspect. You know, one lady, she only booked in for a one-to-one last week um, about an issue that she was having with her landlord. And, you know, and that's a £99 spend. And, you know, right straight away, we, we saved a £1,825. That's amazing. Mm. But then we have other people where, you know, it's a lease renewal and we can't make massive changes. So we're, we're just talking about making sure that the rent doesn't change and that the terms within the lease are perfect for them and that the, the wording of the lease isn't changed so that they have more obligations. Those changes are the, the, the length of the lease changes. So for the next 15 years, their business is secure. So those things are, are vital. One lady who came to us a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago now, her landlord had removed her automatic legal right to renew her lease. And she'd been in her business premises for, I think it was 16 years, no, 14 years, sorry. Um, and because he'd removed her automatic right and told her that that was perfectly normal, she was about to sign that lease. And it was only because by chance she was in a clubhouse room with me that I said to her, do not sign that lease. 
absolutely do not sign that lease because and and her landlord was um instructed by um or she they had representation and they were they were um represented by a commercial property surveyor as well and that's against our oath to be able to say to somebody that they're that they should be signing paper um, that should be signing a lease that they shouldn't be signing so you know it was a very strict conversation between two parties saying you are not legally allowed to say those things do not ever do this again because it's a it makes it makes for a bad situation in our industry that we should we should always be doing the right thing because we know that our landlords and our tenants aren't legally qualified so they are going to do things that aren't strictly right and that's mm-hmm. understandable because if they don't understand property law then they're going to do things wrong and that's fine but as a commercial property surveyor and as a solicitor we should never be doing anything wrong wow that's i'm very happy you're able to help her and you found out on, on clubhouse that's, that's i know that's amazing i mean one thing i realized what clubhouse has done is been able to connect people that on a good day you wouldn't connect with them it just makes networking easier doesn't it it's been so amazing we've been we've yeah. managed to save people hundreds of thousands of pounds from just speaking to them on clubhouse and i just i would have like those people would have like never have known they just would never have known it's crazy especially especially now that you know we move, we're sort of going back to some normality where we're, the shops are opening back you know new leases might be signed i think it's more important now than ever before people get too emotional and start signing leases like you know like like candies to ensure that they get things properly because you know they might be they might have been off work for a long time and they, everyone yeah. is eager i'm eager to constantly be out there now fingers crossed you know we don't have any strain keeping us back in the house <laughs> yeah i mean we've, we've we're currently negotiating 20 new salons and i wow. i would never have thought that last year when we went into the pandemic i thought we were going to have to maybe open up to different industries or something but you know everybody knows how much they miss their hairdresser during the pandemic so i'm sure the salons have seen horrible hair (laughs) what's in the roots of people's hair right now like it's been uh, i don't even want to tell you mine is it seriously because i'm just like fingers crossed you know all these things just calm down we're ready to rock and roll now to be honest i know i can't wait (laughs) <laughs> and in your journey in your um what you've done so far the people that you've helped and how you've moved from where you were till now what major obstacles have you faced and how have you been able to deal with it personally um for me it's been the obstacles been about getting the message out because like yourself people think surveyor and they think house or people think surveyor and they think building they don't think about like negotiating the lease they automatically assume that that's a solicitor so it's been about educating and just continuing to be like visible and always there to help people so now because I've helped so many people it's a snowball effect of they then tell people like Denise can help you, fine surveyors can help you. And it's just my names at the end of people's tongues whenever they think about salons or when they think about negotiating leases. And people just pick up the phone to me all the time, you know, and just ask a quick question. And because they know that I'm there to help all of the time and I'm happy to help them, it just 
automatically gets people to really like know like mm. and trust us and know that we we're just here to really really help so the first obstacle and the major obstacle is just continuing to educate people and, and let them know that the advice is actually out there and that it's not going to cost them the earth as well because people really worry about how much they're spending when they're opening business premises they they're concerned about you know another fee to pay out another person to consider so when we come and we say look yeah you are going to have to pay us but at the end of the day we're going to save you way more than you pay us then that makes people think okay that's worth it then Mm. because not only will I save money but I'll understand exactly what I'm signing up to and it's going to be exactly what I need out of my lease in order to be able to run the business but it's just repeating the message over and over and over again and just getting to as many people as we can yeah and I think what could what would help is people speaking um voicing out what they're how you've helped them like let's test them like a video uh, a two minute clip of this is what I was supposed to pay this is the help that I got this is the amount that I saved and then that saves you from uh, explaining yourself that this is what you're going to save because people would hear from you know from what you've actually done and the savings that you've helped other people say because I know from experience you know how um, landlords can you know high price there was a particular year where we were supposed to incre- um, we're supposed to renegotiate our list and the fee went up by 20,000 and it was it was a horrible experience because myself and my business partner were thinking how on earth are we supposed to cover this extra cost you know, eventually we're able to negotiate them. But my point is, it happens. You know, if yeah. you have a brick and mortar business, it's something that happens, and you have to know how to, you know, how to handle it. Okay. So, what would you then say then that it's um, it's a misconception or myths within your industry with regards to survey? I think you've probably you might have covered it, but if you can expansiate on that. Sorry, you cracked up. You your signal okay. went a bit. Can you say that again yeah. for me? Yeah, what would you say is like a misconception or myths within your industry? Yeah, definitely. One of the the funny things that has come up recently is that when people are um, renewing their lease or doing a rent review, that they just have to sign up to whatever it is that they're given. And that's so completely wrong. It's a really, really good time to renegotiate the terms of your lease. So when it comes to rent review, it usually does say within your lease that it's upwards only, which is absolutely fine. But that also means that it can be zero increase too. So if, like at the moment, rents have gone down, largely throughout the whole of the country, rents have gone down. There are small pockets where it has increased, but largely rents have gone down. So if you're negotiating a rent review at the moment, my expectation would that would be that it would be zero increase. So if you get any sort of increase then you need to go back well the the first step that you need to do is um you need to issue a counter notice which says that you're not paying any increase and that you and then ask the landlord for evidence of why there should be an increase and the thing that you tend to get back is evidence that has nothing to do with the business that you have got so at the moment i'm negotiating a um, rent review for a salon quite local to me and the landlord has sent evidence for food takeaways and a Wilkinson store and what was the other one can't remember what the other one was but they 
have nothing to do with salons and she's only able to use it as a hair and beauty salon. So any of those comparable evidence cannot be used. But the thing is, I know that and I can go back to this agent and say, no, that's not comparable evidence. But a tenant wouldn't know that. They would just be like, oh, okay, well, I'll, you know, I have to sign it because that's what next door pays or that's what Wilkinson's across the road pays. But if you're only able to run it as a hair and beauty salon, you can't sell your unit then to Wilkinson's and and pay their huge rents that they pay. Or you can't sell it to a McDonald's because you can do fast food restaurants and pay their huge rents that they can. You might be lucky and pay it and sell it to like Lee Stafford or, you know, well, not Vidal Sassoon, but Tony and Guy or someone like that. Mm -hmm. But are they likely to want to run a salon in, you know, a courtyard in Hatfield? No. So it's about knowing exactly what the value of that lease is and making sure that the comparable evidence is for exactly what you run that business as or what you're allowed to run that business as. And the same when it comes to lease renewals as well. That then gives you the option to lower the rent because then you they have to offer you the same terms as you had before, but the rent can change. So if the rents have changed locally around you, then you can actually lower the rent when it comes to lease renewals. But so many people think that they just have to accept whatever they're given when it comes to rent reviews and lease renewals. And it's just not true. That's very true that you mentioned that because when you're being given your contract, your agreement from your landlord, maybe there's an element of fear that, oh, if I don't sign this, then maybe they're going to ask me to leave. And then you're thinking, you're thinking, I can't leave this place. This is my business. This is where I've been for this number of years. So there might be an element of fear there. It's quite um, great that you're able to mention that. That is quite important. So now, what would you say? There's definitely a fear aspect in it. Mm. There's Mm. definitely a fear aspect in it. Because Mm. the cost of having to move premises is vast. But the thing that people don't realise is, in commercial property law, you automatically have the right to stay in that business premises. So if the landlord says, to you well if you don't pay this rent then you have to leave he's wrong there's only a set there's eight reasons as to why they can ask you to leave your premises and three of those reasons end up with you getting compensation so if if you if you are right and you have to leave your business premises like two of the salons that i'm working with at the moment Mm-hmm. they they can't renew their lease because their landlord is um, redeveloping the site and turning it into flats that's fine but that then means that one of them are getting £1,800 compensation because that's their compensation that they'd be entitled to but another one's getting nearly £55,000 compensation for having to move their salon it's, it's inconvenient and it's not what they want but at least they don't have to leave with nothing so because they have to relocate then £55,000 relocate not that bad a package so always know that the legal rights are with you and that if you do not if you cannot um renegotiate the lease then there's there's compensation that can be had anyway wow that is good to know that's so informative now what what is a major lesson then that you have learned so far and that you feel that someone might benefit from let's call it a minefield really that maybe maybe a lot of people are not aware of 
I think it's in the industry as a whole. I, because I've been in the industry for such a long time and I always worked for big corporations, I never appreciated that the smaller businesses had no idea we existed because I existed. So why would I think that I didn't exist in people's <laughs> mind? So every day I'm blown away when people say, you know, like, I speak to um, Lee Stafford every week and he's been in the industry for, you know, over 30, 35 years. And it wasn't until we met that he'd ever heard of a surveyor. And, you know, when I say to him, well, who negotiated your leases for you? He's like, nobody. We just got a solicitor to sort it out. And it just blows my mind because we've always been here. Like surveyors have been here since the dawn of time. So, yeah, that's the minefield for me. But it's all about education and we'll get there over time. Yeah, it's really great what you're doing. And, you know, and lots of people are going to benefit from it. From it. As I said to you, my knowledge of surveyor is more of going to a property and doing evaluation like in a property. I didn't realize that you could actually help with negotiation, which is a very critical part of it, especially when you're signing anything, as you've mentioned. That's amazing. Now, if someone wants to connect with you, wants you to help them, where is the best place to connect with you? Is a website or, or social media? What's the best place to connect with you? Yeah, so our website is www.find-surveyors.co.uk and we're available on Instagram and Facebook as Find Surveyors. And we have the UK Salon Owners group on Facebook and Instagram. And I'm personally on LinkedIn and Clubhouse. So if you search for Denise Ferguson, you'll find me there. Amazing. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Denise, for coming. It's, you know, even I am educated right now with regards to what you do. Thank you. And I hope you continue to help as many people as possible. Thank you so much. Hi there. Hope you have enjoyed the show today. If you would like to access the resources from the guest on the show, please go to tomiabibu.com forward slash myths and minefields. If you feel that the growth in your business has stalled and you would like to increase your market share, create new opportunities or simply improve your profit, then it's time to think about scaling up your business. The Scaling Up Mastery program is where I show you how to take your business to the next level without losing control or running out of money. To find out more, go to tomiabibu.com forward slash scaling up. Thanks for joining us on Myths and Minefields podcast with your host, Tomi Abibu. If you have enjoyed the show and gained some insight, we would love your support for this show by leaving us a five-star review. If you would like to see more, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and other podcasts available. We love to see you again soon.